0: How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Jamie Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. Well, welcome, everybody, to the TRM Podcast Show, and we have a special, wonderful guest on our show, Mr. Unbreakable, Mr. Unshakable
1: himself, Mr. Jeff Black. What's up, guys? Thank you all so much for having me. It's an honor to join you two, especially my great white shark, Jamie.
2: Oh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we're glad we caught you despite or because of your crazy schedule. We are honored to have you.
1: Uh, my schedule is a blessing. I like the. I love working. Working makes me happy. So every day I wake up, I'm doing something I like, which is what the more than most people could say. So,
0: 100%. for those of you guys that don't know Jeff, guys, Jeff has quite a resume of interesting background, including owner of. You can see a shirt, guys. Iron House over in Nashville, a wonderful gym. It's full of members. You might get right now, guys. Folks can go to the gym in Nashville. It's packed full of members. He's got this forever. His team of coaches, from he's helping around the world with all these kind of amazing clients. Gym pop, hormonal support, you name it. This guy's the machine. The Excellence Cartel podcast with him and his two co-hosts. That podcast is rocking the lives of people around the world. And of course, we're pretty pumped about the partnership we have with them as well, too, with TRM. What else, Jeff? Like, you're freaking a competitor. You're a
1: dad. You're What else don't you do, I guess, is the question to ask in <sighs> the <you> episode. <laughs> Well, I don't execute really well, according to my strength finders, which is why I have a chief of staff. But other than that, I'm great at strategic thinking if you want to have a conversation about that or whatever. Um, but you know, man, uh, like I said, I just, am a guy, I like work. I like to be busy. And and I think that I found something that spoke to me and was kind of able to take my creative side and put stuff out there. Like, you know, we have the excellence cartel and then Jamie's presenting with us at our first ever excellence cartel, presentation at first form, August 27th, 20th, by the way, we've only got one VIP ticket left as of Monday and we're almost sold out of the first 50. Oh. So where do we start? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be huge. So I'm trying to get Sal to let me have more space soon. Um, but you know, to have those kind of, and then the physique education collective, which we did okay. back in Nashville sold out, I'm actually putting it somewhere which I'm announcing the city soon and we're going to spread it over two days and do marketing and sales and leadership on one day along with the higher educational stuff. So to see a bunch of coaches and to know that we're creating impact in a grassroots way is what just came out of me loving and desiring to be a better coach. So I think that there's so many avenues that coaches could take in the fitness industry rather than just thinking about clients, clients, clients that net clients by just doing other explorative activities that always just what's on social media.
0: Totally agree, Jeff, 100%. And of course, Jeff is one of our epic TRM leaders as well, guys. We're pretty pleased to have Jeff on here. Jamie, you want to get the ball rolling with this man over here that you were on a show here recently, I believe a couple months ago, making some noise on the excellence cartel, weren't you?
2: I was. Yeah. Jeff, guys, if you, if you want more podcasts to listen to over the 45 minutes of cardio you're doing for competitive season, you should definitely add the excellence cartel because not only are the hosts incredible and knowledgeable and spirited, but they also have the most insane guests on and they really dive deep into everything from business to hormones, to emotions, to the professional side of things it, yeah. his podcast covers everything.
1: Yeah. You know, yours, we actually got a lot of great feedback on because of the vulnerability and it's funny because I get questions because I'll ask the straight ones that no one really will, you know, they're real sharp and people are like your guest mine? I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm like with that kind of environment that we create, it, it allows for a certain transparency to take place. And I'm like, and when, you, when leaders are among leaders, leaders are comfortable. And that's what, you know, we try to bring on the excellence cartel or leaders like yourself. We have a lot of great feedback on the transparency and, and the questions we asked. So thanks for joining us on that, by the way. I got to bring you two on soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. August is opening up. So, I so love
2: it, where we should start with Jeff would be essentially where he just ended with his last sentence. And that's in terms of building a team of leaders. Mm hmm. Jeff, what would you say are the core values or core concepts, top three that you can identify in a leader?
1: Oh my goodness, Jamie. I'll be honest with you. I think it's three things, power, understanding, and emotions. So if you understand that power is innately neutral, and how you choose to wield it is what drives influence, then you're one step ahead of the game on the skill development of leadership. If you have understanding of who you are and that honest inventory that sits inside of you, the conversations that you know you want to have with others, but you really can't, but you have with yourself, and you get real clear on what you want, puts you a step ahead in the leadership side. And then the third one um, what was the third one I said? Cause I, I, I got so deep down that emotion, emotion. emotion. the inability to control emotion and remove emotion. So I have on my teams and my cultures, it is very much a, Hey, when you get into these conversations, no egos can exist. We have to destroy the egos in order to get the best ideas and the best processes, which led to the three foundational cornerstones of my companies, which is a will to win, a will to learn, and a will to serve. That's it. Those three things. If you could do those three things, you're going to get 80% of what's out there and you're going to have 80% greater influence. And that's what you should be trying for. Everyone's trying to just take a home run swing all the time. And I knew I wasn't going to be that kind of coach And nor did I want to be that kind of coach. I wanted to be a coach that liked to work with other people on deep projects. So those three things that I talked about, especially emotions, man, I've seen some emotional people get ruined by it and they make terrible decisions. And if you could control your emotions, you could wield power. And if you could wield power, you could really understand. And those three things together give you success.
0: Mm, I like that. So our topic in today was really around, um, you mentioned obviously leadership and team there, Jamie, if we kind of go into building a great team using heart and head, you kind of mentioned almost like two components there. you mentioned the will to win, will to serve almost emotion, those kind of things. So when you're looking at building your team, obviously look for those components, but what else, like when you obviously look to building and retaining a team beyond year after year after year, so they actually can grow with you. What does that look like for you, Jeff?
1: I put them in a position to win. I believe in decentralized command and autonomy. If you're going to work for me and work with me on a project and I have given you the complete, explicit and implicit understanding that I expect you to come through. I'm not going to hold your hand. You're a capable adult. You're a capable employee. You and I are going to chase excellence together. So I need you to be able to step up and play above the line every day. But I like in order to do that, you have to put people in a position to win. And Jim Collins talks about this in Good to Great, putting people in the right seat on the bus. And how I utilize that is through an asset known as Strength Finders and uh, Grams and things like that. You get to know people. But if you understand their strengths, then you can just look at your culture and say you're only held accountable to your strengths, your five strengths. I don't care about your weaknesses. You're naturally going to work on your weaknesses if you're competitive because it chews at you. It's that little shit talk of voice part of the language that talks to you in the back of your head that you know you need to kind of just keep working on, right? But many people don't know their strengths, like their actual strengths that they can go kick ass with. And when you give people permission to just explicitly be themselves with these five things and go say, This is where you're best at. This is why this matches. This is how I'm going to work with you. I'm going to pair other people on the team who work with it because, for example, I have no execution piece. So Thera executes Iron House. Nick executes Relentless. I give the visions to both of them, and they execute to make it out. So when you build teams, you have to put a person who can execute the project along with a person who can see the project along with someone who kind of able to ba- balance out the relationship between those two people, because you have to have people with, you know, the way it's set up. But if you take those, that skill there, you can really put people in position to win. And that's how I decided to create my culture inside Iron House was putting people in a position to win naturally. So they they felt better about it and the results of speak for itself.
0: That's awesome, Jeff. Thoughts to me on that? You want anyone, Jamie, thoughts on that? Or what are you thinking?
2: What do, how do I even, because my next question would be, do you, okay. So let's say you've got the executors. Would there ever be an instance where you would ask an executor to shift their, not their personality, but their way of doing to get a little bit more. Okay. Let me rephrase. If you have somebody who's 80% head and 20% heart, does any part of you want to say, Hey, can we, can we shift you a little more 60, 40? Are you like, no, like you're 80, 20 and that's, you're good. And that's it. Would you want to Would you want a little more balance? I guess.
1: So I would dare say it comes down to the vision that you're trying to cast as a leader. So for me, as Matt knows, three of my five strengths are strategic. So I'm like chess, 20 plays down the road about what I need to do. And if I know in 20 plays, I need Laura, for example, over here, to get emotionally a little bit softer with Landon over here, because I need this one project carried out and I know that they are, then what I do is through influence and through power and through uh, them understanding their strengths and what you're trying to see, you're able to pull them tight to that mission. And then what I do is I usually work with those people. So I will actually put my hands into the project. Most of the times owners should be doing ownership. But if you're a leader, you need to be doing leadership shift, shift you know, and, that, and, I, and actually leadership, correct word. Um, you're shifting actual leadership by empowering them to work together through you. And from that usually comes better relationships. And I think that there's nothing wrong with asking people to step into different comforts. And I think that that's huge to do. But by and large, I make people work within their strengths. I hold them accountable to their strengths. And if a vision requires that I need people to kind of change a little bit of their perspective to go a long way, I usually have no kickback. Because mm. leaders who lead themselves beyond reproach usually are followed with extreme loyalty and beyond reproach.
0: Mm. Question on your team. For example, let's take Thera, for example. Thera or Nick, right? So when you push them and kind of give them like the roadmap and the things to work on with obviously your, the vision you're trying to create with your, with your companies – how far or how do you know how far to push them? Like, when do you know there's like a, a barrier like they've hit or maybe they're like, you know what, I need some more help, Jeff. Or do you like, can you recognize that? Or is there a process you have in your company where they can come to you for like, Jeff, I'm stuck here. What else do I do? Like, what's your process for that when your people get stuck or they aren't sure?
1: Okay. So you're going to laugh. Um, <laughs> when I brought Theron, um, Derek had just gotten diagnosed with, uh, cancer a little bit. This was a little bit after. So Thera had been with me for maybe a month or two and um, he wasn't going to make it. So I looked at Thera. I was like, well, Thera, the only way this thing survives, is if I do what I do best, which is coach. So I need you to figure out how to make a gym run. And this is kind of like me carrying the vision. I'll make sure this is a playground that's easy for you to sell because I, I truly believe I know what people want from a gym, which I was lucky and managed to get that right. But she literally built that out. Same with Nick. So Nick had been building out Relentless Forever for over 90 days, including videoing the back end of the entire business that he formed out when he did the, all the entire SOPs before he ever presented it to me because all they ever did was just ask me for permission. I said, sure, you have the complete autonomy to create that. If you need anything, feel free to ask. And I keep my door very open communicatively with them. I check in with them weekly, just chat with them, see where they're at. And they know well enough if, I put something on them, they can ask me for a deadline. And if the deadline's too soon, they can gladly, I'll gladly, and they're like, hey, I can't make that work. Then guess what? Move point. Just tell me when it can work and get it done. Put it on the calendar for that day and move on off of it. As a leader, you have to decide what's mission urgent and what mission critical. And they're two different things. Every day is critical. Not every day is urgent. And you have to understand the difference between the two. Hmm.
0: Very well said, Jeff. Jamie, any thoughts from Jamie on that you want to expand on? Or are you good?
2: i was going to call him Jocko instead of Jeff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll make a new name for you, Jeff.
2: That's great it. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a compliment for sure.
0: Well, thank you.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Well, team, let's shift to rapid fire for a few minutes, guys, and kind of do a rapid fire roundtable on tactics and, and things, obviously, maybe we can use to help build great teams. So just throw in some tactics, techniques you probably use to build a great team using heart and head. Let's go to Jeff first for a little tactic you have, Jeff.
1: And be honest on um, one of my tactics I utilize is, and I believe it is a tactic, is reading. I asked my, my coaches and my, my team members to read a couple books every year. There's cornerstone books that they have to read to understand the culture we're trying to create. So example would be I identified my top 20% of leadership within Relentless I said, you, are my, you three are my top 20%. I want you to read Ray Dalio's principles. And this is the exact culture that we will replicate inside of Relentless Forever. And we will study it as a team, me, Nick, and the three I identified, and then we will make this happen. So I believe that reading and studying as a team is a tactical advantage that most coaches overlook. They're too busy thinking about how I get the next lead when they're not understanding what could you learn to take contextually to get that next lead. And sometimes by going and reading, having that intimate conversation that's one-on-one with you and an author, you'd be amazed at the brain spill that usually happens after you get done reading. So I think it's a tactical advantage that I utilize very well.
0: That's great, Jeff. Jamie?
2: Um, I would say it's a virtue and it's patience. Uh, And I don't think leaders have it because I think so many times, just like with our clients, sometimes we get frustrated when they don't understand what a macro is when they come to us. We meet them where they're at, not where we're at. Um, Even if they're highly skilled but have no experience whatsoever in our industry, we still can't expect them to just get it. So having patience with the people you bring on uh, is a necessity.
1: Mm. So I have a follow up to you. As a leader, why do you think that patience thins? And I, I, so here's my question. Is it the leaders are too accessible? Is it that the leaders don't understand that as their responsibilities go up, their rights actually go down? And that that's why you get the lack of patience that you see from leaders? Because most of them never understood that I have found that when they climb this ladder, that. They, as they go up and they get more and more responsibilities and more and more people contact, contact, contact that they don't understand their rights and freedoms go like yeah. straight down. Mm-hmm. So, I, I was wanted to pivot that to you because patience, I agree, 100% is a tactical thing that people need to learn, controlling the emotions. But with that said, do you think it's people don't really understand what leadership entails?
2: Yes, I uh, okay, so I 100% believe it's a lack of understanding of the definition. I think the other side of it is that innately we all still want to be managers, not necessarily CEOs. So yep. it always comes back to that, like caveman, man, the second you don't do it right. I knew I shouldn't have freaking hired you. I should have just done this. My- and cause we always have that tiny seed planted in our head. So the second one of our employees or our teammates or our coaches screws up, you're like, I should have just done it myself.
1: You know, something I read in this book called it's called, uh, how to go from more conflict to more love or something like that. Something to say to yourself when you're pissed immediately, then it's just like me. And I've been saying it for a while. So when someone pisses me off in my head, I just sit there for a couple of seconds and just go just like me, just like me. And then it helps chill me out. And then I'm like, okay, the emotion's gone. And now I can have a conversation, but you're right. You're, you're hotwired to pop. And it's no, it, there's, it's 100% correlatable with what we deal with as coaches because the majority of clients you deal with is, hey, you can't work out six days a week anymore. You got to work out three. And hey, you got to go from eating like 500 calories a day to 1,500 calories a day. And stress, that that constant trigger, it just exists too much. And you're seeing it everywhere.
0: Mm. Good yep. point, Jeff. I love it. Mine is one word. Listen. Oh, that's a good one. That's all
1: mine is. Yeah. You'd be surprised if people tell you if, if you just sit there and be quiet.
2: Yeah. They'll fill the space, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I thought about just to prove a uh, business theory, right? I was going to advertise on Facebook and marketplace. I'll meet you at Starbucks for $150 an hour and guarantee that you will feel heard within the hour. And I would just sit there and listen over a cup of coffee and just let them say whatever the hell they wanted to say, get it off their chest. Be like, cool. You feel heard? All right. Venmo. <laughs>
2: my business model <laughs> oh, that's
1: good. I love that it is 100% especially. yep, yep, 100% yeah.
0: well to round this conversation off guys what is storytelling as our, as our last phase of this conversation so storytelling basically is picking a story that relates to the topic today that really kind of was a lesson in your life or a lesson that you learned that could have been painful or it could have been like a whatever, financial lesson that you learned in building great teams um, picking one story, so whoever wants to go first, I'll point it to you know either you guys, whoever has a story you guys want to share.
2: Do you have one, Jeff?
1: Oh, uh, I actually wrote about this. It'll be a post that'll come out probably Monday. um, it's a picture with me and my two sons and uh a couple weeks ago was my eleven year anniversary of moving in on my friend's floor on an air mattress that I had to fill up before I went to sleep. Because when I would wake up, it would smother me and kill me. Um, but I was had a file bankruptcy. I was going through a divorce. I literally just left my guitars, my clothes, not even a bed, nothing. And I remember going to bed that night going, This will never ever happen again. And I started asking myself, what would I have to give of myself to get there? And from that spot, I decided to have Extreme ownership of all things, whether it was good or bad, I, I I owned it and just started working my way out of the hole. And then eleven years later, I am walking through the house that I visualized years ago. I have all my companies are debt free. I'm personally debt free except for the house now. And there's no greater damn freedom than that because I remember being bankrupt. And then having to find out I had a kid a few years later fighting 30 grand in courts to you know, get full custody, to see where I'm at, to see what I've created. And all that was was two things. I decided to believe in myself, and I decided to lead myself through my own bullshit. Mm-hmm. And once I got through – once I did those two things, like life just kept opening doors for me, and I just kept going down the path. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily think I'm a great leader. I'm often very hard on myself. People tell you that I'm a good leader, but in the – flip. There's still so much work to be done. And I think that leadership is ownership. And if you can make those two things go together, it's a beautiful thing for the impact. There's no greater gift than giving other people success that they can achieve. And that's leadership to me.
0: Oh, that's a good one, Jeff. Jamie? Mine's
1: a
2: little bit more about picking your team. Um, I graduated from York University in Toronto and I I specialize in the exercise physiology program and our graduating gift from taking all of these extra courses and and putting in all of these extra man hours in the lab was that we actually ran the NHL combine in Toronto. Yeah. So they had the exercise phys kids from York run the combine. And I remember looking at these college age guys and wondering why they were like a little bit soft and fluffy. And wondering why they were fast, but not too fast. And wondering why they could bench 225 with ease, but not like an NFL player. And the, the instructor, the director of the course said they don't want them to be NHL ready. They want them to be ready to be coached to be NHL ready. So when I take on a team, a team member or a coach or an employee, I don't want them to be ready to jump in. I want them to be the perfect amount of clay in terms of quality and quantity that I can mold into a mini me. Bingo. That's what Bingo. Me.
1: Uh, you can teach a monkey how to train, but you can't teach. You know, it takes a person's natural heart to want to serve other people. Yeah, And that's what you have to find. You're hundred percent. Right. That's a good point.
0: Mm. Mm. Thinking of my story, I should got two stories, but I'll kind of pick one. I would say my story is when I hired Jamie.
1: <laughs> I got to hear this one. I don't, know the, I don't even know the story.
0: Well, the story is kind of pretty basic, Jeff, but I will say that um, when Jamie and I sat in a car in Dallas and she went to, you know, she actually approached me and says, you know what, I'd love to you know, be a mentor for TRM. And I was like, I wasn't sure I should, what it actually would entail it to in TRM. We're sitting at a mastermind. This is over, what, almost two years ago, Jamie now, right? And I was like, that's an awesome idea. Let's bring it on, right? And, of course, it sounds exciting, all that kind of jazz. She comes into ERM, you know, shadowing in some of the groups, kind of getting it rolling. But, like, just like like you mentioned, the, you know, a shark, uh, Jeff. She's totally the shark going in there, consuming, executing, making it happen. But there came to a point, like, I want to coach now. And I was like, I was actually scared, Jeff.
1: Oh, I remember that.
0: I, I think yeah. I was coming all without. Yeah, yeah, I remember
1: that. And it was,
0: so, it was so funny because I learned a valuable lesson about letting go yeah. and the power of letting go. And I was like, I owned that. And I was so grateful because it was a learning growth process for me because I had teams before my previous companies. But it was just I was a complete mess in my previous years. And when I got Jim, I knew that I had like like this amazing human being. And Jeff, you're in that mess, by the way. You're you're, you're the kind of a very, very similar position here is that when you get two rock stars or rocks like Jamie on board and, you know, we're growing. It scared the pants off of me. I was like, so I was like, go for it with faith, go for it with faith. And the faith, um, I believe is very important because I had to let go of that. And obviously now like look where Jamie obviously is now in TRM. And, and I believe that's one of the things I've learned from you, Jeff. I learned from Jamie. I've learned from other members in our team, because I'm also a student towards learning in TRM as well too. And I believe that's one thing that I've learned from all you guys is when you let go, keep being a student and keep being a great leader and be open to feedback and listen to it to improve, you can always become better. So,
1: I like that, Matt. And you know what? I've learned something. There's something that I think that I would like to impart as wisdom to close this up. Leadership is a lesson in who you really are and who you really want to become. And you could go in this with two different mindsets, the mindset that everyone's out to get you or the mindset that everyone's out to help you. And it is naturally harder to go that everyone's out there to help you. But I can tell you in my 16 years in this industry and in my six plus years of owning a gym and watching grow, 99.9999% of the people want to help you and succeed. And if they screw up, it's an honest screw up. You have an honest conversation. You instill that honesty in the culture, that vulnerability, that, hey, we, we fail forward. We learn from our mistakes. And I'll tell you what, your business will multiply. Now, if you're a coach who can handle 50K by yourself, kudos to you. I was never going to be that coach. I didn't want to be that coach. I (laughs) felt like it was more fun to help create impact on a higher level. And that's what I think leadership allows people to do. And I think that that's something that the fitness industry could do better at, is understanding that the right of influence we wield is true power. We decide the emotion behind it.
0: And that's why I have Jamie and Jeff on this team. (laughs)
1: so guys rounding it off
0: we are now at 12 and um this is an amazing episode like full of just literally gems everywhere jeff you'll be back much more times here on the trm podcast show buddy i can tell you that right now and i want to thank you for your time buddy because it was absolutely a pleasure to have you today man dude
1: thank you guys so much for the opportunity yeah, no, man. I look forward to more conversations. I know Jamie and I could go a long time about forty-eight laws of power. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a
0: whole different episode, guys. So, oh, yeah. guys, signing off, guys. Wishing Jamie and Jeff an absolutely fantastic day, guys. Thank if you're guys. watching the episode, follow us, TRM, and definitely share us on our fa- Facebook, Instagram, guys. Looking forward to having more on our show, and of course, having Jeff back. Jamie, thank you again, guys. Have an amazing day.
2: See, See you later. Oh, oh,